0: Good to be here, boys. Yeah. Oh, hi. Hi, boys. Hey. how you hey. Welcome back. back. Yeah, good
1: to see you.
0: Yeah, got a little bit of uh, footage today. Oh, yeah, cool. Trying to trying yeah, a few new odd. things.
1: Yeah, chuck a bit of stuff on YouTube. Yep, yeah, YouTube, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah get yeah. our uh, social media presence out there. Yeah, try a few new things. Yeah, you might go. Go. might
1: also see a few little video clips coming up um, to prompt a few of our episodes. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. Getting it out there. Try a few things. Yeah, got our Instagram page. Yeah. Modern ancestral man. Got our email, modernancestralman at gmail.com. So get in touch. A few new things on the horizon for the boys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And what's today's topic? We're talking about politics. Because I guess modern ancestral man, I mean, we we do relate um, our modern living to ancestral living. Yeah. There would have been politics back in the ancestral days. Absolutely. Surely. You know, yeah, you, would have had, yep. you would have had leaders, yep. you would have had decision makers. You would have had those that allowed those to do those jobs. You would have had maybe possibly those in the tribe electing a representative or an elder yeah. or, or something like that to be be council members. Yeah. So I guess modern day politics has originated from an ancestral sort of uh, tribal. Absolutely, that would have happened. Wouldn't gathering it? Yeah. or decision making process. Yeah, Most you definitely. would have had yeah, tribal yeah.
0: elders. You would have had people being elected or, you know, chosen. Based on smarts, physical mm. prowess, whatever experience. it was, experience, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and they and unlike today's modern politics, they would have had the um the benefit and the uh, the welfare of the tribe uh, in its paramount focus. Mm. I'm a bit disillusioned mm. with modern day politics. I Very think disillusioned. Um, politicians and governments now aren't in our aren't for our best interest. You get a few certain politicians and there's a few senators you could rattle off and we probably talk about them in today's discussions. a few senators in Australia at the moment who are for everyday man's freedoms and, and, and human rights. But I say governments as a collective, they're, they're just puppets at the moment. They're being run by a certain puppet master or puppet masters. And the welfare of the people doesn't really matter. And I think that became quite evident during
0: COVID. Mm. The, the, just the backdoor, the backdoor goings on and the secretive lobbying and all those kind of deals that they've got in the background definitely doesn't serve the population well at all. Yeah. And it's, not, it's nothing like what the ancestral man would have had because yeah. if that had happened, you would have been removed from that position who knows what would have happened but it wouldn't have if you weren't serving the people of your tribe you, know, you can look at any any sort of you look at the Vikings you look at the indigenous you know those all those tribes those kind of things they would have got rid of those politicians if that if they'd got a whiff of those backdoor deals on the side you know lobbying from big pharma, big yeah big industry you know those kind of things that yeah wouldn't happened and we Probably oh, it's probably been happening for a hundred plus years now, hasn't it? But we've really that let that slip in. Yeah. I think that word you hit the nail on the head is lobbying. Mm.
2: We just have like lobby groups now and big interest groups and um, you know, financial groups with so much money now to sort of like influence what's going on with our politics that it seems like the average man is not really in control of what's happening whatsoever. Like we get this illusion of um, you know, yeah, we're in a democracy and you can vote for whichever party you want, but really there's two parties you can vote for in Australia. There's Labor and Liberal. And once you get either of those parties in, they're kind of like vanilla and vanilla now and they seem to be, to me, just sort of doing whatever they want. And the average man, our wants and needs don't seem to be really forefront in their thinking. It's about who's going to give them the most money through lobbying, how they're going to get ahead politically to get maybe another stint. You know, some maybe some some backdoor dealings to enrich them a little bit
0: or something like that. If you if you do this deal for me, I'll do that for you. I'll get this yeah. bill passed for you. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Been yeah. They've been compromised. They've been compromised by massively. Yeah. yeah, massively. It, yeah, those but it's, the, the ones that are the independents that you know, there's sort of four four or five of them. They they almost hold a lot of power. They do. And well, they're like the tiebreakers, aren't they? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, because you know, there's not, there's not a, there's not a majority, is there, mm. in federal politics at the moment? I think Labor, are, you know, the Labor are the leaders, but they they don't have a majority. The majority in the Senate in the to Senate. pass, to, yeah, you know, too many not things, so a they a need. Dealer, unlike
1: yeah. WA, so WA's Labor Party have the majority. Yeah, so uh, they can seats.
0: get things through fairly easily Without. because they're all on the same page. Yep. It's what ninety percent. Yeah, and they have, and they have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then federally, you know, it comes down to these five, five or six senators. You've got, you know, Jackie Lambie, Pauline Hanson, um, it's Pocock now, David oh. Pocock. Few oh, of oh, them. Pauline's hung in there. Yeah, yeah. One yeah.
1: Nation are, uh, you know, a shining light really for honesty and integrity. You know, people write. Pauline Hanson off, and I think I she, used to really she's, make a lot of fun of her. She's been maligned through the media, and that's just been purposeful to to do that to to, to distract her from those people, the working class people that see her as a as a viable option for in politics. Mm. The two major parties have using the media, uh, and we'll get onto that as well. The the, the media as an arm um, for, for government, they've used the media to ostracise her. As a, oh, big as top, a racist yeah. and as a, you know, you know whatever, they've, whatever they've done to make people think. I mean, straight away now you hear Paul, the word Pauline Hanson and everyone goes, oh, yeah, yeah racist and blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know. They, yeah. But you listen to her speeches and what her party stands for. They mm. stand for the things that we all talk about that most Aussies believe in. You know? They're doing deals too. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, they have to, to not.
2: survive in the modern yeah. context, mm. don't they? Like, They still need to get a certain amount of funding and they need yeah. to get a certain amount of things across the line. But I think now it's almost about like just choosing the least bad option, isn't it? If you want to participate in Australian politics at all, there's no sort of like shining light of honesty and integrity, you know, with no sort of shortcomings. It's just about choosing the person who's least least corrupt, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I reckon there's parties. I'll oh, probably there are there are parties and politicians out there that don't fall for the corruption, you know. And I, um, yeah, the short-lived. I doubt that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think they've got to do wheels and deals. They have to to survive, like you said. But they've still got. I mean, you you as a listener, as a as a, as Joe public, can sit there with your common sense and realize that someone's bullshitting you when they speak to you, right? Like you, you have your bullshit radar. And you listen to someone, a politician talk to you, and you go, oh, this guy's just talking off the reel. You know, this mm-hmm. guy's just spealing verbatim, Just party line bullshit, polit- political rhetoric that we've heard and heard before. But then you sometimes you'll hear someone who speaks and you go, wow, this person seems to be speaking from the heart. And you can really discern the difference. Oh, I can anyway.
2: Mm. I, I quite like uh, Malcolm Roberts. He speaks... Yeah. A fair bit of truth. Oh,
1: I, I believe. Yeah. Well, I saw a great clip last night of um, Alex Antic, and he's another senator. Yeah. With Malcolm Roberts, yes. um, Jared Rennick. Mm. Um, there's a couple of other senators that are really. Really fighting the fight for everyday Aussies who are either you know are doing it hard from losing their jobs after vaccine mandates, um, they're they're um, they're critical of this Voice, which we'll talk about. Mm. So last night Alex Antic was just asking um, uh, domestic, I can't, domestic affairs department or something like that, um, heads of of that department about how you qualify as a representative of the Voice. So mm. what what are the and so they just went on the argument that. For decades, there are three criteria. I think there's um, uh, your identification, um, cultural links. So there must be a community that recognises you as, as Indigenous. Uh, and there's there's something else as well. Um, I can't remember, but there were three sort of things. And, and he really wanted to screw down on the point that, okay, so if a, a Scottish person wants to be the voice, is there a percentage of Aboriginality that, or Indigenous that he mm. re- is required to be a, a representative of the voice? And, and I guess this it, we might as well talk about the voice. For those that don't mm. know about it, it's it's a a, a, a constitutional sh- change to Australian government to incorporate an Indigenous representation within our constitution. Yes. Um. With with that, has a lot of questions around it which aren't really being answered by the, the present government. They've come up with this concept of the voice and they say, look, don't worry about it. It's all going to be fine. We'll work out the the nuts and bolts of it when, when it comes in after a referendum in October.
2: Mm. Yeah, after the referendum, that's handy, isn't it? After we've uh, voted to change our constitution forever. Yes. Uh, then we'll work out the details. Yeah.
1: It's like... So basically at the moment, our constitution represents all Australians. We're talking about Indigenous Australians, we're talking about uh, white European um, Australians, and we're talking about immigrant Australians, those that have come over through immigration. Our constitution represents all those sort of demographics. What this voice plans to do is to change that constitution to have a separate representation for Indigenous Australians. Mm. And that therefore allows different laws to be applied to that that group under a certain different constitution well that's where they
2: <coughs> that's where they're sort of debating how much power this voice is going to have and I think different people have different takes on it and I was looking into this because I've, I've listened to like pro and anti-voice um, campaigners and what it comes down to is what you said earlier which is spot on there's not a lot of context around like what it's actually going to mean But I was looking at what they're actually proposing um, as the change to our constitution. There's three parts to it. Uh, Part one, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, Part two, the voice may make representations to Parliament on matters relating to Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander uh, people's affairs. So they'll get this panel, however it looks. I've heard um, maybe 24 people kicked around as a, a panel of people who will then come together and make these um, representations to Parliament. But the third part is the bit for me, which has a lot of, um, it's got a lot of latitude how they apply it. Part three says, the Parliament shall, subject to this constitution, have powers to make laws with respect to aboriginal, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including its composition, function, powers and procedures. So, basically, once it gets in, they're the three changes that they're proposing to the Constitution. So, part three, so the Parliament, subject to this change in the Constitution, will have powers to make laws with respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including composition, function, powers, and procedures. So, it doesn't say what any changes to powers or procedures or functions could be, but it says that they could change them. So, really, what it's saying is they can do any fucking thing they want subject to what Parliament decides. yeah. So the voice can't come out and say, we're going to do this, you have to support it. But the voice as a group can come together and say, well, as a group of 24 or however the thing looks, we think this. And then Parliament could come and say, oh yeah, well, we're going to give you these powers and these functions and this composition so that you can do this. And because constitutionally it's been changed, then we have to just go, oh, okay, well. So really it seems to me like we're going to be at the mercy of just whatever Parliament decides.
1: Yeah, and and what I've... Which to me
2: is a bit scary. Yeah,
1: and what I'll gather also there, Smithy, is that if we as the people disapprove of that law change that Parliament or or the voice part of Parliament brings in, then we we don't get to argue that point through our Parliament. It has to go to a high court to be resolved. Okay. So it therefore goes to a, a higher level other than Parliament uh, and you've then got a judge that determines whether that law will s- mm. stand or or not, as opposed to the people voting for it or n- for it or not. Yeah. And as we know, judges can be manipulated, or they might have different beliefs, or different values, or come from different, you know, mm. different ideologies. Um, I think it's taking apart uh, away from the, the the general person the choice to be able to vote for for something or not
2: yeah it's I don't know like I understand the argument that has been put forward which says that indigenous people are not represented in our constitution whatsoever it doesn't mention them right so I've got no problem with like mentioning you know we um, you know put something into our constitution to recognize that you know indigenous people have been here for a long time and they've got a rich culture and all that sort of stuff but whoever the group is representing this push have said, well, we don't want that because that's just like a, um, a paltry little throwaway thing. We want some real power. But, like, isn't that what a democracy gives groups at the moment is, like, if you believe in the democratically elected government and the power of government and the power of advocacy and, you know, all the things that you do as a person, then aren't people just by rights already going to be represented? Like, why do we need an extra group to represent a, a minority group when we're trying to say that we're all the same?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, what you're just saying there, it's mate... Contra- contradictory. And
0: it's, it's contradictory. It's contradictory. Like, it's
1: discriminatory. Like so the, we are basically changing our constitution to discriminate one one group of Australians from another.
2: A little bit, yeah. It kind of seems a bit like that. And what
1: you just said there was, it was uh, pretty much the same words as Tony Abbott. I was watching a... Um, a he was uh, in, uh, questioned in front of a council um, who were obviously all for The Voice and they were mm-hmm. wanting his opinions of it as an ex-prime minister. And he said he recommends at just changing the wording of our constitution to say that this constitution represents uh, uh, Indigenous Australians from uh, so-and-so background, yeah. uh, European settled Australians and Australians from Immigration, he says that at the start of a constitution is all that you need Mm. to include everyone in the constitution. So why do we need a separate mechanism Mm. within our constitution to change it entirely (laughs) to represent a certain group?
2: We're saying, don't be racist, but let's divide everyone by race. Yeah, exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. Don't see people through colour or race, but politically, let's divide it by race. Yeah.
1: And I think we all agree that Indigenous Australians do suffer most of uh, a lot of um, lifestyle um, uh, sort of impacts that... that yeah, their health
2: outcomes and stuff. The health like outcomes, terrible.
1: their education, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, societal issues within the Indigenous population. A lot of those happen in remote communities uh, where there's not a great deal of leadership. There's the abuse of alcohol. There's probably less policing involved around those groups. Mm. Um, I'm not saying policing is the, is the answer, but, and, but I think the answer is probably leadership within the indigenous group and, and those leaders are there in parliament already. I think there's probably about, is there 11 indigenous represent representatives in federal parliament right now? Nine or 11.
2: Something like that. I heard a stat this morning that I think within Australia, there's about three point something percent of our, um, nation are indigenous. And we have about a five percent, five percent of our politicians are indigenous. So it seems to be fairly, right, representative of. Yep. You know, yep. if you want to look at it through race, which and those this is politicians us to
1: do those indigenous politicians are doing <coughs> excellent things and are a massive yeah. voice mm-hmm. representing their people. You know, and a lot of them have utmost respect. Like that, uh, just Price, um, she's really good. I, I love listening to her. She's fantastic. But, but yeah
2: but also i mean why does a politician need to be of indigenous background to represent indigenous affairs like i'm not saying they they shouldn't be but what i'm saying is like do you have to be indigenous to care about indigenous people like i want to see them do well oh yeah i want to see them get yeah. educated and have excellent healthcare and have yeah. the same longevity that we enjoy and all that sort of stuff but it's a pretty complicated nuanced sort of thing i'm not sure just having a panel of people chosen by the government who are going to advise the government on things, I feel like it's just another way that it's going to get corrupted and money's going to get diverted to areas where it's possibly not going to help.
1: And what you said there, mate, is, is true, uh, that Australians, most Australians do believe in what you just said there, that they do want to see our Indigenous population do well because that's evident in the fact that uh, these politicians have been elected federally into, into Parliament. Mm. And so that tells us that Australians as a, as a population want to see more Indigenous people in Parliament to represent their people and, and to help them. Yeah. You know, I think the whole concept of throwing money at the Indigenous population to doesn't solve, seem to have solve issues doesn't, doesn't, seem doesn't to have work. Worked. It
2: seems to almost throw fucking petrol on the fire a little bit. Yeah. Like, just throwing money in in ways that clearly doesn't seem to be helpful, it almost seems to be harmful, seems to be not the answer Yeah, to me. So I don't know how this is going to change it, but I do know that it's... Very divisive and it's very, um, it, it's causing a, a big rift between the two camps. Yeah, It's not like an amicable type thing where we're all just going to, you know, shake hands at the end of this and we're all good and people seem to be very vehemently, you know, one way or the other.
1: And you know what? Unfortunately, if the voice does get up, it's going to yeah. divide Australia. If it doesn't get up, it's going to divide Australia. It divide yeah, it's Australia. divisive. It's, it's, a massive, it's
2: a very divisive Yeah. I'll tell you a few things that made me uh, quite interested too. Did you know that um, politically, if you want to donate to support the yes vote for The Voice, tax deductible. Politically, if you want to contribute to the no vote to The Voice, not tax deductible. Wow. Is that right? There was a debate on uh, SBS a little while ago. that had seven people on there to debate the merits of The Voice. Every single ver- person debated pro-Voice. Do you guys know any debates where you only have one side? Well, it just seems to me like it's a very crazy messaging thing coming out and people have really chosen their side, but we're not really debating it.
0: It's another one of those things that's happening more and more frequently frequently in the last few years where you can't say anything about anything. Mm. If you're not on the right team, you get called whatever it is. Whatever. Racist, anti-vaxxer you know, any one of those things. Right-wing extremist. Right-wing right wing extremist. And well, then, you know, oh God, well, that's not me, but w- why would I stand up and say anything if if I'm just going to get shut down or, mm. you know, these programs that have these things happening, that it, you know, they don't even have that on there. And even if they did, you know, that person is going to get six to one or whatever it is, you know, just oh, yeah.
2: attacked. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. obliterated, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. The whole politics game. Well, also, like Facebook that, and Google are censoring the uh, the no side of the campaign.
0: Well, we know that's happened as well in because the you past. Want, you know, obviously,
2: want big tech companies, um, you know, interjecting into your political debates. That elections just makes it quite helpful. So, uh, Facebook have already shut down a couple of uh, no campaign uh, ads or censored them for supposedly being um, insensitive or racist or whatever. Really? when wow. well, I mean, we're talking about a change to our constitution here, we should be debating this pretty thoroughly. Yeah. We should be having like some presidential style debate when, because I believe the liberals have come out and essentially not supported it as a party, and Labor or the left have supported it. Why aren't we having some really in depth, like factual debates where people can actually watch it and go, oh, "I didn't know that about that," and because probably a lot of people don't know heaps about it, we just know that you're for it or against it. That's yeah, you know what a lot of people would would sort of be because we don't take in a lot of information these days. But there might be a lot of
0: people on the fence, but. Heaps of people on the fence, maybe. Then but you don't – if you don't have that debate, how do you know?
2: But if you're on the fence and then all the debating is pro – That's what, yeah. You know, you can see what the outcome is going to be, but is it a fair outcome or are, are we, like, manipulating it?
0: Yeah.
1: Do you reckon people can see through the bullshit, mate? Do you reckon if there's so much advertising just pushing the yes and there's no representation of no – are people going to go, hang on, what's – I don't really – I mean, maybe,
2: are people it's almost stupid? like subliminal programming, isn't yeah. it? Ah, I don't give a fuck, whatever. You know, yeah. everyone's voting yes, I'll just vote yes or – yeah. You know, or everyone's vote no, I'll vote no, whatever. But
0: mm. But how do you think it would go in a general conversation with people at a party if you said, oh, I'm against that? I think you get mixed reactions, mate. Do
1: you think? I reckon. I reckon there's a lot of people out there that will say no purely for the fact they don't understand it. And I think that will be the government's downfall. They have not come out. And outlined this, and fully explained all yeah. the implications of it, so that when if we did vote yes for it and said, "Oh, this is this looks pretty good, I like the way they've itemised this," if they backflipped on that, then we could say, "Well, hang on, you know." But at the moment, they're not doing that. They're not explaining anything about it. And it's like, just recently the our, our WA government brought in that um that farmers uh,
2: don't get me started the cultural heritage the act cultural heritage act yeah, whereby no, I heard of it now it's coming in. At the start of next month
1: yeah i asked my farmer mate uh, whether he knew about this and he said no no consultation with the farming community no um no referendum on it no information nothing given to us and now come one july if my farmer mate needs to dig, dig a hole in his property he needs to get approval from a in a uh, indigenous heritage um land act representative which is obviously more money he's going to pay to to Mm. get this process done. It's going to take weeks to get an answer. It's just another level of bureaucracy. And he he can't basically do anything on his farm now. And I I just think this voice, this Indigenous Heritage Land Act, this is all just a part of snatching land uh, from Australians. And I think the Albanese government is just a, a puppet at the moment to a higher level, which want Australia divided, they want Australia's land and resources, and I think that's uh, uh, an entity higher above our government level.
0: But How does that work? Who's getting the land then?
1: It's probably the same entity that's trying to divide the US, probably the same entity dividing Canada as well, and that's probably be uh, your your globalists. I think
2: it's just making life hard, mate, to be honest, and it's just taking away um, landowners' rights to use their land, is is how I see it. Um, So this... Um, Cultural Heritage Act in WA, it affects anyone whose land size is greater than 1,100 square metres. So if you own more than, you know, a thousand square metres at roughly a quarter of an acre, so if your block size is bigger than a quarter of an acre, then all these rules apply. And essentially, it is to protect Aboriginal heritage, which I, I agree with. Like, do you guys remember that gorge that was blown up by Rio Tinto maybe two or three years ago? Yeah. The Windu Gorge, or whatever it was, the yep terrible you know like an amazing cave structure with all sorts of um history in there and this mining company blew it up and essentially what happened is back in the day the sort of laws protecting the cultural heritage had this it was almost like a workaround it was called section 18 where under this section 18 they could go and they could um claim uh, some sort of exemption because they wanted to undertake mining or agriculture or whatever and they would essentially go through a rubber stamp process, approve, and then they could go ahead and, you know, with or without some restrictions, then they could go ahead and circumvent this sort of cultural heritage to a certain extent. Not to the extent that they could blow up gorges, but long story short, that's what happened. So in the aftermath of that, with this um, big mess up by Rio Tinto, they've said, all right, we're going to strengthen these cultural heritage laws. And now it seems like we've just gone like way, way, way the other way. So Any person, doesn't matter what your enterprise is, whether you're a homeowner, whether you're in agriculture, in mining, in whatever, we've got this tiered system now to protect Aboriginal cultural heritage, which on the surface you go, oh, well, cool, You know, Aboriginal cultural heritage, we want to protect that. But I'll take my property, for example. I live on greater than 1,100 square metres, and I have a brook flowing through my backyard, so a creek, basically. It's called Wuraloo Brook. So any brook is uh, automatically deemed a uh, protected like indigenous sacred zone so I can forget about doing anything down near my brook. I can't dig a hole. I can't do anything, right? That's off limits now. But for the rest of my property, um, if I want to be lawful now and I don't want to expose myself to the potential you know, risk of breaking this Cultural Heritage Act law, any time that I want to uh, dig a hole, remove a tree stump, um, put a fence in, Basically, do any of my daily rural living activities? I've got to refer to this. It's a tiered scheme. Basically, there's three tiers. So tier one, and I was looking at this again today just to do some research. Is it's they're very restrictive. So so tier one, which is the least
0: um, least bad one of the three. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Smithy. Let me let me ask you. So how do you find out about this as a, as a homeowner? The onus is just
2: on you that you're just supposed to know. But, I mean, there's been no political... Um,
0: there would be a lot of people around that didn't know that that was uh, the case and they'd be doing their own thing on their own property. hundred percent. A hundred percent. So so is it And the Act says the onus is on you. Yeah, it's like, absolutely enforceable. There's, jails, there's jail out.
2: sentences, there's fines. Well, I mean, I guess someone would dob you in or the same as any other law that you break. The onus is always that you should know all the laws and you should be... You know, so if you go and drink 10 beers and go driving without a seatbelt, you go, oh, I didn't know that I wasn't allowed to drink. They'll be like, well, the onus is on you. You're supposed to know. Yeah. Well, this is obviously a much more obscure version of that, but this comes into full force on the 1st of July. So very shortly, 2023. Um, and the onus is on you to, you know, understand your rights and obligations. Is this
0: just in WA or is This is a this federal This is just thing?
2: in WA. There's been a similar one introduced in another state somewhere, but I believe this was in direct response to that incident that I spoke about, the Rio Tinto Gorge thing. So there's three tiers. So tier one activities. Um, in maintaining existing infrastructure in a way that does not, over the course of one calendar year, involve any of the following. Removing more than four kilos of material. Disturbing more than 10 square metres of ground disturbing more than one metre squared of contiguous ground or excavating, so digging, to a depth of more than 50 centimetres. Who who, who come up with this? Well, this is legislation. This has been passed, passed through the WA Parliament and now this comes into effect. So for me, so removing more than four kilograms of material, well, if I want to dig a hole to put in one fence post in my rural property, I can promise you right now I'm going to remove more than... Four kilograms of material. Yeah, that's you know, tier one. That's that's the least restrictive tier.
0: What about re- residential waste from your house? You put four kilos of that in your mm. bin that goes out. So what's the, the worst
1: tier, mate? Um, that just seems so restrictive. Fr-
0: yeah. But the-
2: so so tier one, I, I can do some of that stuff if I do. There's like an online portal now which you can go on and see what. Um, Uh, what sacred areas are near your house. It's like a digital mapping thing. I've gone on there and I've had a look at my property. And so my property, I've got the brook running through. Like I said, I can forget about doing anything in my brook. I'm never allowed to dig a hole or do anything there again. I'd be fully cooked if someone dodged me in. But down the road, about one kilometre from our house, we've got a bridge that runs over this brook. And that is a protected area in now. So I clicked on the protected area and it gives you information about why it's protected. And it's because there's one smooth river pebble Of cultural significance underneath the bridge so someone's obviously been in there and looked at it and gone oh that's a very significant pebble this is a protected area
1: are you for real one pebble yeah I'm not kidding it says that in black and white
2: that's that's the reason that has is given for that extra area of protection protection
0: so that bridge that is in need of maintenance you can't do anything to the bridge
2: well, they'll have to go through an extra oh, okay,
0: right. thing of uh, getting, getting out of a cultural
2: liaison officer and getting in management plans, and all, all this stuff takes um, time, effort, and money. Yeah. So for me now, if I want to have an easy life and I want to just dig up a tree stump or dig a hole or put a fence in, if I want to be lawful, I've got to follow this extra, really burdensome sort of lot tiered system. So for tier one, I can do something like a risk assessment where essentially I go online, I make sure that there's no extra um, sort of like cultural significance on the part that I want to do my works. And then if that comes up, I follow a whole other checklist of things. And if that's good to go, then I can say, all right, I think I'm okay to go here and I can carry forward, right? So I might be able to remove four kilos of material and be okay.
1: But just wait before you go on, Smitty. You've already now then announced yourself... As a person in this criteria, who now can be watched and observed, so they can then bring send an inspector over, I guess, to so. determine whether that those works have been done on your land, yeah, I because guess. you've now submitted information, your own information into this site.
2: Oh, it's it's anonymous. You can just it? view it. You just go on and view like a map, and it shows you, and you can zoom in and out. And there's all okay. sorts of different lines and right. squiggles and colors, and you know, okay. there's a legend.
1: Yep. Um, sorry, to cut you off.
2: No, that's all right. So tier two um, essentially is the same thing if you're um, greater than 1,100 square metres. Uh, it's sort of 20 kilos of material, um, 10, meter, 10 square metres of contiguous ground excavating to a depth of a metre. Then you're starting to get into, you've got to pay um, like a liaison officer to come out or to give you some guidelines to follow to make sure that you're not, um, you know, desecrating any sacred potential sites, and then tier three is above that. It's more to do with like drilling into the ground. If you want to drill a bore, or you want to do, um, you know, excavations of greater than a meter, and you're, you're removing, I don't know, some weight of soil, some arbitrary weight, but and that becomes like a whole management plan, which again, it's going to be lengthy. It's going to be costly. Um, like, imagine if you're a farmer. And you need to be ploughing fields, digging holes, you know, running with livestock, doing fencing. Imagine how much of a burden that's going to be. Yeah. Imagine how many guys is going to throw their hands up and go, "Fuck this." Yeah. Fucking out of this. Yeah. And then
0: is, it, is that for people
2: residential people as well? Residential as well. If your block is greater than one thousand one hundred square meters.
0: And, and what sorry. was the act called? Sorry.
2: Uh, the Cultural Heritage Act, WA. Wow. So there's been zero publicity. I haven't seen any. I mean, I don't watch TV, so that's a tricky one. But there's been no, nah. uh, like, letter to me as a landholder saying, hey, by the way, you know, starting 1st of July 2023, this is going to come into effect. Just radio silence. So unless you've just literally stumbled across it, you know, you're listening <laughs> to the Modern Ancestral Man podcast, <laughs> getting, getting the news as it happens or whatever, uh, it's on you. I could just be out there. I mean, I own a bloody little excavator at home. I could have just gone out into my bloody paddock and decided I'm going to dig a hole to, I don't know, him a goldfish or whatever, and boom. So there's either Nazi. there's either
1: two reasons for this. Either one, it's tokenism, and will it really be enforced? Yeah, now, are they really going to? Because most you know, people
2: will not adhere to it because you can't. You can't live your life. No, that's right. And I, I can't go fuck. I need to dig a hole. I'm going to wait three weeks for the approval process. Pay yeah. money. It's and not going to happen.
1: Yeah. So is it tokenism and it and it won't be enforced, or is it certainly going to be enforced? And they have they done, done it. They've done it underhandedly. They've brought it in underhandedly to catch people out and to fine you and to to, to seize your property because you've broken this regulation.
2: I'll tell you what it's doing. It's taking away landowners' rights to just enjoy the use of their property. That's what it's doing. Imagine if you want to dig a pool. Oh. If you want a pool now and your property is greater than 1,100 square metres, you are fucked. You're well, not digging a pool. No chance. Well... This also I mean, you are, but you have to jump through all those extra hoops.
1: This also brings about, you know, going on to the farmers You've got to jump through a lot of heaps to get a pool anyway.
2: Yeah, well, you've got to jump through a couple more now. <laughs> yeah.
1: this, just talking about the farmers there, this sort of brings to my attention, you know, what was going on in the Netherlands with um, the, the, the government there trying to take away 3,000 farms. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, the Netherlands is renowned for its its production yeah, because, from, yeah, from destroy, farming.
2: Destroying the planet by making food and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep.
1: Is this a, a Australia's way of, of um, destroying farms? So, like, as you just said there, somebody, as a farmer, you're just going to go, fuck this. This is just bullshit. I'm out.
2: Well, it's going to make it hard. It's going to make it really hard yep. to be just a lawful, respectful citizen who's just living your life, going about owning a property yep. in the country. Because all these. F- if it's less than 1,100 square metres, fill your boots, go and desecrate whatever you want. Yep. You know, if your but property if is 1,050 square metres, fill your boots, go are, dig all the holes you want.
0: Are you saying that this map you've got to look up, you've got to see on the map if there's cultural significance behind it. And if there's not, are you free to do what you want?
2: If it's tier one, so the four kilograms. If it's tier two or tier three, you've automatically still got to jump through hoops. You can't just write it off and say...
0: Even if it's not... Even if there's
2: nothing on it. So the only thing on my property, so I'm on 60 acres, the only thing on my 60 acres is my brook. There's a certain amount of distance either side of the brook and that is considered like a protected... Sacred area or whatever. So I know the brook's out of bounds. I can't do shit down near the brook. Yeah. You know, that would probably, I assume, go, you know, 20 meters or whatever, the side. I don't know, whatever it is. But I think you can look at it on the map. But for the rest of my property, there's nothing there. So if I want to remove four kilograms, I can do my um, risk assessment and tick and flick all my little boxes. And I can legitimately say to someone, oh, I went through it and I decided that there was no risk of blah, blah, blah. But if I want to go tier two or tier three, uh uh-uh. uh, I can't do that. I've got to go and get this further permission to do everyday living activities. Mm. I mean, what I would call everyday living. Because, I mean, on a crazy, yeah. rural block, you know, you do tend to do things like um, you might decide to remove a tree stump, a dead tree, you know, a tree might fall over in a storm. And it's sort of half in, half out the ground. It's in the middle of your driveway or something like that. So you are going to get your chainsaw out. You are going to cut it up. You are going to remove the rest of the stump. You know, you are probably going to burn it out or whatever you need to do because that's sort of the nature of living in a semi-rural area. Um, but now that's all just going to be. It just seems very like they're trying to make it uh, expensive and difficult to own land. Yeah, if you want to live in an apartment in the city, man.
1: Well, they don't want they us. Nuts. They don't want us owning. Um, larger amounts of land because they want us in the cities, mate. Ah. They want us in the cities to bring about the fifteen minute city concept, mm. and then we're all stuck in this uh, city prison where the Internet of Things is working, and uh, we're all yeah. run by, you know, surveillance yeah. and and um mm. and you know they don't want us owning rural land.
2: Well, have you seen the windfall tax in Victoria that they've brought in? You guys across that windfall tax? No. I've
0: seen that one. Yeah, explain that one.
2: <laughs> so if you live in Victoria now. Um, and you live um, in a, not, not, a, not a residential block in the suburbs, but again, a rural block. Say you live on, um, let's make the sums easy, say you live on 100 acres, and your 100 acres is worth a million dollars, right? And then the um, Planning Council of Victoria or whoever does zoning changes, rezones your property and makes it so that now you can break your property up into four parcels, for example. So now... On paper, you haven't done anything. You're just sitting there. You're just owning your block. You've you've worked your whole life. You've you've worked for forty years. You've paid off your million dollar property, and you laugh and No one can touch you. You're in you're in the you you own the bit of paper. No one owns your house. The bank doesn't own it. Just you, right? Well, if they come and rezone it now, and your hundred acre parcel can now theoretically be chopped up into four or five separate parcels, and it's worth more than a million. It's worth more than a million now. So now it's worth two million bucks. So you've made a theoretical increase. You haven't sold it, but you've made a theoretical increase of a million dollars on paper. That's the Aussie dream, right? A lot of people used to speculate on that shit and be like, yeah, fucking, you know, this got is going to make
0: me X money. Yeah, cool. I'm a made man.
2: Yeah. Well, now the government goes, oh, hang on a sec. Your property, because of our rezoning, is now worth an extra million dollars. You have to pay us 50% of that $1 million yeah. in 60 days. Wow. wow. doesn't matter if you rezone it or sell it. So all of a sudden, you've gone from owning your million dollar block and there's no encumbrances on it. The bank doesn't own it. You've paid it off. Now, the extra million dollars that you've made, the state government wants 50% of that, $500,000 Yeah. paid up front. doesn't matter if you subdivide it. Yeah. They want that money in 60 days. But don't worry, if you can't pay it, we'll let you pay it off over 30 years at about 4% interest rate. Wow. So, all of a sudden, you've got yourself a nice little $500,000 loan again to hold on to your property. Yep. Or you divide it up and sell it and give the government their cut. Or you just throw your hands up there and say, fuck, i some moving to the suburbs. Yep. Yep. Windfall tax.
1: Windfall tax. Crooks.
2: So, I mean, another little to, avenue. Seems to be an assault to discourage on, people. on people who wish to own land.
1: Yes, and make money. Uh,
2: be- well, not even better make Better themselves. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. But, mm-hmm. I mean,. You don't have to be uh, like an agriculturalist to for that law to apply. You could just be an old pensioner that spent your yeah. whole life. Yeah. Maybe your parents inherited Foiling you away on the
0: farm. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, maybe maybe mm. it's a fifth generation farm. Maybe you know your bloody great grandpa started after World War One or whatever, mm. passed it down through the ages. Maybe it's a thousand acres, and then they say, oh well, yeah, we've rezoned it now, so all of a sudden you've got to pay us. Yeah. Um. So that fifty percent I spoke of, the half. It's 50% if the increase in your property value is more than 500,000. So, if the value of your property increases by more than 500,000, it's 50%. If it's between 100,000 and 500,000, it's 62.5%. It's higher. Jesus. Yeah. Really?
1: You're making less, but you're going to pay more tax.
2: Yeah. So, if your property gets rezoned and it's worth an extra 100,000, uh, the government is going to come knocking for $62,500. Jesus. And not if you sell it or if you subdivide it, just straight up. doesn't matter what you do with it. So you really? can't just say, oh, well, I'm never going to subdivide it so it doesn't apply. They say it doesn't matter. Theoretically, it applies. You've got to pay it now.
0: Have have Has this been this enforced introduced. on anyone, though,
2: yet? I, I don't know. It's fairly new legislation in um, Victoria. I don't know how often they are rezoning stuff. Yeah. But it's one of those laws where even if they say, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's there, but we're not going to use it. It's like, well, Why put can. it in? Why, why put it in? Yeah. yeah. Because you are going to use it. Yeah. That so. hap-
0: that's happened at my place. It doesn't really matter, but it got rezoned. Yep, and it pretty much went up a couple of twenty grand overnight because yeah. you know you can subdivide it and yeah,
2: probably went up more than that.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. but yep. yeah, odd. So I mean, it's for you, one, you'd right? be
2: all good because you're in a residential area. Like if that that law oh, okay, that yeah, law yeah. is not in
0: WA. Just, just to be clear, that's in. Oh Victoria. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, but still, you know, to have that happen overnight, say so they've rezoned yeah. it it goes up for example 20 grand overnight you got to pay 10 grand people not a lot of people have 10 grand lying around ah, they just pay for nothing exactly yeah crazy yeah so i guess that's i mean you look at wa it being a almost 90% majority party they can get through these cultural reform taxes quite anything. easily yeah and with limited pushback from anyone mm. That's what I found amazing in that um, our state
1: election was that people still voted in Labor government when they knew they were going to have an overwhelming majority in the Senate. Yeah. Mm. I, I couldn't believe that. And I also think that... That was orchestrated. I think that opponent, um, Zach Kirkup. I think he was just a puppet. I think he had. He was never going to win, was he? He was never going to win. Well, he had, all of them. He went. had very, very little political experience. I think he just. He, as soon as he lost, he went back to his his old job that he was doing. Mm. It was it was intentional to bring in that majority Labor seat so that they could do these little passings of I don't think of that was intentional at all. I think is, it's
0: just way it played out because the liberals were so they struggled hard. They couldn't. They a leader. Mate. Yeah, they they had a very popular premier at the time. I, I, I don't know. Who is now gone? Intentionally by the Liberal Party to go. We can't win this. We're just going to put up this guy. But wouldn't you just fight though? Wouldn't old, you you're, can't, you're, can't win. Don't try. You're like CJ. Well, the the problem that they had was if they if they try and shut down. The most popular emperor we had, emperor. <laughs> then they look bad. Like, look at these liberals; they're sour. They get even less, and it would have been worse. So I can understand what they were trying to do. It was well. Uh, I think. I think you know, I it just, was nothing. It I was, think
1: what you're saying is is right, mate. the The, the Liberal Party, state wise and federally wise, have shot themselves in the foot by thinking they had to go woke, like. The, the Labor left have and I think they are slowly now realising that if they don't adhere to their conservative values for which most Liberal voters voted for them for, then they are going to lose elections uh, and the, the, the woke left, the, the Labor left will will win and I think that's slowly turning around now and you can see Peter Dutton, the, la- the, the Liberal leader now federally, starting to push against a lot of this woke agenda, for a better word, some of these things that are coming out of the left that are just so fanatically left that normal Aussies are just going, what the fuck? What Mm. what are you talking about? You know, he's now pushing against this. And I think the start of that was him pushing against that voice, which we spoke about. And I think you will see a lot of liberal um, parties now, state and, and federally, going back to that conservatism that a lot of Aussies
0: value well the opposition was never has in the last 10 years hasn't been an opposition really mm. they're one and the same like smithy said yeah. earlier yeah they're both vanilla yeah you know they're both and is that is that by design well is is that what the population is wanting i don't know
1: and, and why do we have this concept of of always just having a two-party mentality when we go to vote it's the same as the u s the Republicans and Democrats why why don't people see a third or a fourth option?
0: Yeah. yeah has there ever been a good one? You know what I mean I know they tried um they they tried in the u s to have what they call the central party. I can't remember what it was named. Mm. Um, they had sort of two two a Republican and a Democrat and they were sort of the leader. they'd sort of battle it out and then. Um, you know they they formed this sort of centre party, and they just got swallowed up, yeah. and that happens here too. You know, the Nationals.
1: But we you know, we that, mentioned One Nation earlier. I thought they were a a, a good option, mm. a good third option. But obviously, the people have their
0: own. She, uh, yes, I don't know, think she does herself any favours, though. You know, I, she's, well,
1: don't well, you? Don't just look at her. Look at all the other um, members of that that party. Malcolm Roberts, um, what's the other guy in Victoria, the guy who used to be in um, in federal po- politics? I can't remember his name. Latham. Mark Latham is a member of that party. They're all doing good work. Is um, Rennick a part of One Nation? Or is he I'm a not Lib- sure is if he's independent. Just an independent, independent? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's an interesting time. I mean, interesting in, in US politics as well. I mean, you've got RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh, um, I really hope he wins. Putting yeah, up his it. hand. For, he won't win, um,
2: but I really hope he does. Oh,
1: man, can he's you imagine?
2: He's got the pedigrees, Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. arguably one of the great US Political families, yeah. Or political families, yeah.
1: Well, I heard him um, sort of compare himself to his uncle because he's now putting himself in an election where he's um, – Going against a leader of his own party. Mm. He's now voting against a. Use the war?
2: term leader loosely there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That we'll talk a, about that. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about leadership in another day, but geez, he's a, he's a decrepit old man, isn't he? Oh, I just feel bad for him. Yeah.
2: Joe Biden, he needs to just be kicking back and enjoying the last years of his life. Don't you reckon I reckon
1: it's a bit insulting as a, as a powerful country like the US. Have a decrepit old man who falls over all the time and can't even speak properly and and remember forgets people's names, can't say people's names, forgets his son's name and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't you think you'd have someone staunch and strong for the US as a representative? I I think Biden's a puppet. He's yeah. a puppet of the uh the, the globalists. He is. He's just, he's in bed with China. They they're doing deals. That's all come out. Yeah. That whole Durham report. That was um that was really interesting. How um that whole trump russia collusion thing was just oh, a, a yeah. full on setup The yeah. the clinton and even obama was in that where they got the fbi to uh, enforce big tech to 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 bring on this story of this russian he was a russian yeah. colluder you know and that's all just come out now and did you see that on mainstream media not a word I'm about like, it it's like oh yeah whatever that's what they do that that's just high treason yeah. those people should be in prison
2: what do we do as average people to just have a fair political system that everyone's happy with? Cuz you speak to like normal people on the street, and most people are like oh politics is fucked, you know, it's so corrupt and but like what do you actually do as a normal person? to like affect any change at this stage is it
1: is it unchangeable no but because we are the people and we have the power we vote them in to serve us so we have the power to overrun a government and you, you know you see those people protesting not protesting they're well, not they're really
2: because they've taken away the power of protest to average person they, you're yeah, not allowed to exactly protest exactly
1: right so you have got people out there on in front of um, parliament house here in WA getting arrested yeah. because they want the the governor general to um, overthrow this this state government mm. which he can do at the will of the people he can, but he obviously would never happen. But what but actually enough, do what we do? If, like, but what, what if, if enough people rose now? up? What if enough oh. people gave a shit to ri- to rise up?
0: You gotta but wait till March twenty-five to have your say. <laughs> What's March twenty-five? Oh, t- two thousand twenty-five is the next oh. election. Oh, sorry, I think we it's elected him. The we have yeah. the preferential voting system. That's what happened. We yep. voted ninety percent. yet but as a power of the of that people, dude. we have yeah. the power
1: to remove a government. Also, under our constitution, through through whatever means director general whatever it is we have the power to remove that government
0: how do you do it they
1: represent us and I don't know the the mechanisms but are are the
0: the? how many people are there Five thousand, ten thousand people are they representative of the rest of the state
2: (laughs) we're only about 3 million short
0: yeah that's what I mean like protests are great don't get me wrong but that's what that's what the democratic system is right or wrong we fucked it up we fucked it up by Mm. electing him or electing the liberal party in at ninety percent.
2: I tell you how we don't fix it at this stage is go fucking with our constitution further for a change that we can never unchange. Essentially, without a lot of drama. I know you can unchange it, but
0: yeah, and, and yeah, man. If 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 that was the, if that was the people, if that's what the people wanted was to overthrow the government, by all means. But I just don't think that that small minority that you see is representative of the wider community. Do reckon people are too just busy now to just give a fuck about of course. What, yeah. mate, what's happening? Mate, every, yeah.
1: everyday man's just too busy surviving. Like, you know, interest
2: no? rates are rising. No one's, everyone's worried about the economy and, yeah. you know, getting your kids off to sport and just living your life. You
1: yeah. oh, fuck, whatever.
2: You know, well, you see like a lot on.
1: of these people protesting. There are older people who yeah. are probably not working anymore. Yep. Uh, and, and kudos to them for standing out there yeah, and, right and being a voice yeah. for the people. Because There's I a reckon heap
2: of crazy people which really delegitimises it. There'll be a crazy... Catwoman there with crazy signs and, oh, you know. There I'm is. I've been to heaps of protests. Harvey
1: Yemeni um, from Rebel a, News was interviewing a lot of them, and a lot of them spoke very eloquently and, and intelligently. But they look like crazy people. People yeah. see it on the news and they go, oh, these fucking crackpots. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably – the, They're probably selected a, people that mainstream media choose to, <laughs> to portray. <laughs>
2: they probably are, mate. But Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, let's look at m- mainstream media, how um they've portrayed people. So, you know that Italian prime minister, um Georgia, Georgia – Giorgia Maloney.
2: They've gone quite uh, the opposite, haven't they, the Italians?
1: Man, she she came She's, out yeah. espousing traditional values, family, work hard, you know, be good to each other, yeah. blah, 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 all these conservative values or traditional values. Traditional, yeah. And she was hounded as a fascist. Yeah. Yeah. You know? she was hounded as like a, um, a suprem- white supremacist and all this sort of bullshit yep. for just speaking a conservative language. Yep that a lot of people resonated with. Yep. And then you've got this Fouyte Trudeau from Canada. Yeah. He is, that guy is so toxic. He goes over there and lectures her about how Italy should treat LGBTQI plus population. And mm. that guy there, he's, for a prime minister to hold the bank accounts of people legally protesting mm. in his country, yeah, the, that's, yeah, that's scary. That is scary. Yeah.
2: Yep. Even buying them a coffee or donating to it yeah, was caused to have you, all your stuff shut down. Yeah. So if you supported the truckers by buying one of them a cup of coffee and they could prove it, they could potentially turn off all your funds. Yeah.
1: And we know where he's come from. He's come from the same um, future leaders school as Jacinda Ardern and um, a lot of other politicians where that Klaus Schwab... will
2: leave soon, mate, because they all seem to be leaving. Jacinda's gone.
1: Yeah, they go on to different things, don't they? Because that Klaus Schwab has said his future leader's... Once we get them infiltrated into governments, changes will happen. He's even said that. He's been quoted as saying, infiltrating mm. future leaders into world governments.
2: And that's happening. Well, I reckon stuff's going to turn around. I yeah. Do, I reckon average people are going to have enough at some stage. Yeah, it's a life.
1: slow turnaround, but I, you can see it happening. Mm.
2: People get a bit jack of it. I think common sense prevails. Yeah. I don't think we need to have this, you know, crazy, violent uprising or anything, you know. And obviously don't condone that at all, but I mean… Yeah. You know, I just feel like people will get to a point where they'll be like, "I'm going to vote for the other guys."
1: Yeah, and mate, I think common sense may not even be the word. I just think good over evil. I think if there is yeah. if there's evil and darkness priorities out there in the world, good and light will prevail. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's just human nature.
2: Well, just just living a
1: lawful, sort of un
2: messed with life. You know, don't mess with like every part of my life where everything is. Illegal and requires papers and stuff. Just let me live my life. Yeah, you know.
1: But the only thing is, though, mate, too uh, many too many people are asleep at the wheel to see this happening in the background before it actually becomes in and hits you, slaps you in the face. Mm, maybe. Oh shit! What do you mean I can't buy red meat? <laughs> oh shit! What do you mean I can't drive fifteen minutes from my home? I didn't see that coming. Interesting time to be alive. Mm.
0: Isn't that when we have a democratic? election if you don't like it then you get voted in no that's you when know. you have a revolution man well that's that's what that is isn't it a democratic if you don't like election the, well, if you don't like that guy who's in then you vote the next guy in right and if the next guy's saying what you want to hear yeah you vote them in yeah
1: that's if our uh, elections are straight and narrow down the line mate well that's sure
0: the two parties aren't the same like we were talking mm. about earlier well not well, a big
1: problem isn't it like how do you get the
2: you no.
0: well, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole system. It's, you know, it's the media manipulation to be told what to think. So mm. most of the people, okay, oh, I agree with a 15 minute city. You know what I mean? Because we've been told, because that's a great the,
1: idea. Being been told the climate's changing and
0: it's my fault. Yeah. Until that comes in and it's no good. Yeah. Maybe then you need. Mm. S- maybe we need to try or?
2: it and people will realise that it kind of sucks a little bit and, mm. you know. Oh, like eating, then then I'm, eating, I'm eating crickets for dinner instead of yeah. sirloin yeah. steak.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's your take on this one world government, which the World Health Organizations and the um,
0: won't work. It can't, doesn't work. Hopefully, okay. it
1: doesn't get across the line, but I guess we'll find out. Mm. The International Monetary yeah, Fund, all those different year. sort of organizations, and I mean, the, I think the the Who's Pandemic Treaty is this little thin end, thin thin ended wedge. Sort of mm. thing. You know, they get that in. Countries lose their sovereignty to make their own health decisions. I'll tell
2: you what it'll be a little bit tricky is um, the Australian Treasurer and basically every developed country in the world has come out and said we're going to go towards this um, central bank digital currency. It's going to be quite tricky to circumvent like fines and things like that once we have a digital currency.
1: Oh. And, mate, this, this whole economic crisis, which is about to loom. And I heard a financial um, sort of commentator speak about this. In the US, they reckon there, there'll be a, a Great Depression, greater than the, what it was the 30s or 50s? 29. Uh, 20s, 29. 30s, yep. yeah. There'll be a crash, massive crash. And that will mm. be your problem, much like your your COVID oh, yeah. virus. Or your, uh, your solution. Yep. And then the solution will be the, cent- the, the central banking um, electronic uh, mm. di- digital currency. That will then allow those totalitarian totalitarians to have full control over our life, what we spend, our tax our taxes. Mm. Um, Definitely won't be a lot of privacy. No, what you can buy, what you
2: can't. Yeah, be tough to do anything privately if there's no option to pay cash.
1: Yep. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. that that sort of concerns me. That does that. That's a big concern. That concerns me. Yeah. Yeah. And if people can't see that. Um, you know, you see people tapping their phones on the on the FPOS machine, and you know you pull out cash, and people look at you like you're a retard. Uh, yeah, you know, you're, like, you're using cash. You
2: get that look now when I roll into the servo and I've got my cash for my fuel. They get all annoyed because I've already got it dialed up on yeah. the yeah ATM thing. They yeah. got to cancel it, and yeah. oh god, they got to work out.
0: Yeah. But tapping the FPOS is completely different to a central oh banking yeah. currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am just this yeah.
1: is the sort of the mentality. A lineup that people have with the convenience of digital currency.
0: You got, yeah, you would have to understand the background of a central banking digital currency to work out that they're different to tapping because people love the convenience of that.
2: I tap sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes
0: I, it is convenient. Cash, I barely use cash anymore, but nobody but, can really tell what I'm, or can't immediately stop my transaction. No, yeah, that's right. At the time, because. All the transactions for, let's say you go to the servo, all the transactions from all the different banks are kind of pooled. And at the end of the day, they go off to the different banks. The banks get their money and come back. So at the time, nobody knows what I'm buying. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's listed on my bank transaction, but it's not a central one that goes to the central bank and then says, Chris has had too much fuel. He's been driving his car too much. You can't actually get that fuel. You're out. That's an immediate thing, whereas now it's just tap. That's fine. I understand where you are come from with the cash and stuff, but you, you need cash in in society. But well, that's the thing the at the FPOS moment. You have the option different. to
2: pay cash. It's your option. If you choose yeah. to pay Fpos, pay Fpos. If you choose to pay cash, you can pay yep. cash. So you have the choice.
0: And the banking current the central banking currency, is different to yeah. Fpos. Very different. Yep. That's um. Yeah, I don't know. I gu- I guess. It being the wedge that you talk about. Oh, well, we're we're used to this. This It's fine. It's the same. It'll just be the same when it's not. People need to understand that otherwise. We'll
2: probably do an episode on that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Delve into that a bit and maybe into crypto and other forms of currency throughout the ages. Yeah. Because, I mean... You know, man's always had currency and ways to barter and things like that. Yeah. We're just very much
1: digitizing everything now. So it's going to be an interesting change. Mm. I'm sure we'll fuck up. And I don't mind digitizing (laughs) everything as long as I've got the freedom to buy and whatever I want when I want. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be an overseeing, controlling factor of my life. Yeah. Well,
2: at the moment, I mean, you could have 20 grand stuffed under your mattress at home. It's going to be really hard to do that with digital. Mm. You know, there's going to be no anonymity, is there?
1: Well, look at and the people
2: say you know don't keep money at home cuz you have a house fire or
1: robbers or whatever but it's your option, robbers isn't it? <laughs> well banks are banks are discouraging people from taking their money out you've got to... Let them know three days in advance if you want something more Mate, than they two thousand dollars.
2: Through the hoops now, yeah. My missus tried. You to can buy only a take a thousand dollars out. ago, and they were questioning her if she was using it to buy drugs and this and that, and are you being scammed, and is someone pressuring you for this money?
0: And like, and the bank's red hot. I just, want my just fucking, I just want my fucking
2: money. She was trying to take <laughs> out ten grand to buy a horse float or some shit. The, la- the lady was, man. She's like, I've got to ask you, are you under duress? She's like, no. What are you going to do with the money? We've got to just write it
1: down here. She's like, Are you for real? No joke. Did she say it's none of your fucking business? But if I, she did, she wouldn't be able to get her money. I think she made a joke and said, I'm going to go buy crack or something like that. And the lady's like, oh. <laughs>
2: she said, no, God. I'm just going to go and.
0: They know. got found to be laundering cartel money, big banks. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. And they got the hide to ask yeah. someone for their money yeah. for 20 grand for a little horse float. Yeah. <laughs> your it's savings. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy.
2: Yeah. It's, it's next level. Ah, oh.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Anyway. Oh, we've ranted about this a fair yeah. bit. We've really <laughs> sounded like uh, belligerent old men. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the good old days. Yeah. Cash and
1: the good man, old sh- days when you believed
2: your politician loud.
0: was a good leader.
2: Yep, exactly. Maybe we should talk about leaders and leadership and I reckon what makes a good leader. That's a bloody, yeah, that's a rabbit hole, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I struggle to find a good one these days.
0: Let's start our next episode on that.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: A good chat with you, boys. Good, good on always. you, fellas. Till next time. Get you a